<laughs> Genesis 26, 16 again, please. Genesis 26, 16 again tonight. Amimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much more powerful than we are. Well, that's another thing God's people need to realize that we're much more powerful than our enemy. We're much more. When, when God, the Bible says if God be for you, if God be for you, who can be against you? Go away from us. Whenever you realize who you are, man, I'm going to preach before I can even get us a text out. When you, when you, if we'll ever realize who we are and who we're with and who's with us, and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And when you realize that when the enemy knows what you have, he, he wants you away. He wants, he wants to get away. Get away from us. You're much more powerful than we are. So Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug for in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names his father had called them. Jeremiah chapter 2. Again tonight, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns which cannot hold water. Just for a few moments again tonight on redigging the old wells. Realize who we are in Christ. Depart from the land of the enemy. <laughs> Go back to your roots. Go back to the place that, 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 our, that the people that blazed the trail ahead of us dug out the wells and redigged the wells. It says, for the Philistines had plugged them up. Told you this morning that we got to go back to where, where it started. And go back to call the wells by their original names. We talked a little bit about this morning about salvation, about baptism in the Holy Spirit. Tonight we're going to talk again about divine healing and, and the rapture of the church. That's the cardinal doctrines of the Word of God of the, of the Bible that we never need to lose sight of. That He's a Savior, He's a healer, He's the baptizer, and He's the soon coming King. Not going to call them by new age names, fancy names, new churchy names. We'll call them by what the book called them. We'll call them by what the people that blazed the trail ahead of us called them. It's time we went back. It's, we, we quit working on digging uh, cisterns out of solid rock that are cracked and won't hold water and get back to the, to the fountains of living water. It says that, that the enemy, it says that the Philistines, which was the enemies of God at the time, had plugged up the wells. The wells didn't just cave in. The wells didn't just go away. That the enemies, that God's people allowed the Philistines to come in and fill the wells. 
you know what? We've done the same thing. We've done it by compromise. When I say we, I'm talking about the church world. I'm talking about the assemblies of God. I'm talking about the pulpit. I'm talking about any time we wouldn't stand up and defend because we wanted to get along. You know, that's part of, that's, you know, that's part of what we've done. We didn't want to offend anybody. We just wanted to, to agree to disagree. We practiced that this morning. Amen. <laughs> I want to look at Hebrews chapter 9 just real quick and we're going to get into the Word. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 23, let's read real quick. It says, It was therefore necessary that the replicas of the heavenly things be cleansed with the sac with these sacrifices, but that the heavenly things themselves be cleansed with a better sacrifices than these. Verse 24 says, For Christ did not enter the holy places made with hands, which are patterned after the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 25 said, Nor did he enter to offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Verse 26 says, For then he would, ha would have had to suffer repeatedly since the world was created. But now he has appeared once at the end of the ages to put away sin by sacrificing himself. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this comes judgment, so Christ has offered, was offered once to bear the sins of many. And listen to me. Here, rapture deniers. Do y'all know that there's rapture deniers today? Hello? You can deny it by doctrine or you can deny it by just leaving it out. Not teaching it anymore. Not believing it anymore. Not bringing it to the forefront anymore. Losing hope. You know why we lose hope? Because we've lost the blessed hope. For Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to save those who eagerly wait for him. I want to read that one again real slow. So Christ was offered once. He's not going back to the cross. They're not going to spit in his face again. They're not going to pluck his beard again. They're not going to blindfold him and slap him and say, prophesy that who, who touched you. They're not going to, do, they're not going to cram a, a, a crown of thorns on his head. They're not going to strip him naked and beat him in the courtyards. They're not going to hang him on a cross. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many and will appear a second time. The rapture, look at me. The rapture of the church is an appearance. The second coming is just that. He's going to come and set his feet on the Mount of Olives. He's going to come in power, the Bible says, in great glory. 
the second coming, he's going to come and set his feet on the Mount of Olives with such power that it's going to split the mountain. And it says that he's going to defeat the enemies of God with the, with the, with the sword which proceeds out of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. That's the second advent. That's when he comes back. We're talking about the appearing. It says he's offered once. To bear the sins of many, and he will appear a second time. Not to bear, not to bear sin. He's not coming back for that. He's not coming back for that. But he's coming back for us. He, he, he's, not coming, he's not coming back to the people who rejected him. That's not what the appearing's about. The appearing's not about the rejection of the Jews. Am I teaching you something? Yes. The appearing's not about the ones that rejected him. The appearing is about the ones who are looking for him. Yes. It's right there. Did you read it? It says, and to him, he will appear a second time not to bear sin, to save those who, but, but to save those who eagerly await for him. To save them from what? He just said it's not for sin. He's already saved us from sin. It says to come to save those who eagerly wait for him. Save them from what? Look around. Look around. Look around at what's going on in this old world and, and then ask yourself again to save us from what? Church, he's a savior. We talked about this morning. He's a baptizer and the Holy Ghost. And he is a soon coming king. Tonight we'll redig the old well of rapture because it still, it still produces. It's still a spring of living water. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for, our, for the, your presence that's been in this house today. We thank you for, so, for souls that were added to your kingdom this morning and for people that were baptized in, the, in your powerful Holy Spirit this morning as well. But tonight we want to preach to your people about the church, about the hope of rapture. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I am so thankful that he never changes. Goes twice as fast. Because now I gotta say it again. I'm so thankful that he never changes. Yeah. See, see how that works? <laughs> Amen. And you know what? I'm so glad. There's a few things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that for the Word of God that He's given us. Yes. I'm thankful that He never changes. I think that, that, he, that He keeps His Word. And I am thankful that, there, that He poured His Spirit out and empowered His people because, so we didn't have to go through this life powerless. And I'm thankful that He gives us hope. Hope and a future. I have a future. You have a future. It doesn't matter what goes on in this earth. It doesn't matter the trials that I go through because I'm going to go through some. Told you this morning, that's one of the things I wish people would understand. He said, I don't want to sell out to God. That's an old word. 
You know, that's an old word. I hadn't, I, I, you know, as it came out of my mouth, I haven't heard that in a long, long time. Now today, a sellout means something else. You ever notice, have you noticed, that's one thing I'm noticing, that, that everything that the church used to talk about, the, 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 the world has taken its lingo and changed its meaning. Have you noticed that? Now, sell, now being sold out means something completely different than it did when I grew up. So let's go back to what it means. See, I'm going to redig an old well right there and call it by its name. See, a sellout today might mean, might mean that you, you betrayed your people. A sellout today might mean that, that, that you used to be, on the, you used to be uh, an hourly worker, but they moved you up the ladder a little bit, and when you got up there, you forgot how it was, and you sold out to the company. Now, I, I better say something right here, because there's something to be said for being a good employee. We're not talking about being a, not being a good employee. That's not what a sellout is. But they see, none of those things is what we're talking about when it talks about being sold out to this thing that they called Christianity. Nothing, that, none of that is being sold out to God. When I was raised, I was raised when we preached that God, you need to sell out to God. And that meant that you threw everything you had, that it was secondary to, to who he was. That meant that he became primary in your life, that he was first position, that nothing that, nothing that we do took the place, took his spot in our life, that, that his word was paramount, that his, that his spirit reigned supreme, that you walked with him, that you talked with him, that you went to bed with him uh, on your mind and you woke up praising him in the morning, that he was the focus of your day, that he was the focus of who you are, that he defined your decisions, that he defined your character, that the word of God defined who you are. You were sold out to the things of God. It's high time. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you, just remind you, and I'm reminded that God is never going to move in the fullness of his power until we sell out to who he is. You can't be in, half in and half out. A double-minded man is unstable in all, somebody say all of his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't be half in and half out. Bitter and sweet waters can't flow from the same fountain. We got to be in or we got to get out. Bible calls that he, he talked to the, to the churches over in Revelation. He talked to the Laodicean church and he, he talked about a, 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 a mixture. He said, I would rather that you were hot or that you were cold. He said, but you're lukewarm. He said, and if you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. That's still the word. The Laodicean church was the church, it was the church age that we're living in right now. So they were, they were, we're living in the age of the Philadelphian church. That was the church of love, the Smyrnan church, the, the, the persecuted church, and the age of the Laodicean church, which is the compromised, lukewarm, nauseating church. A lukewarm church Half hot, half cold. A mixture. Said so you're, you're, you're neither hot where, where, where you purify or you're neither cold where you're refreshing. That you're somewhere in the middle. You're just a mixture. He says, he said, I will spew you out of my mouth. It may, a compromised position makes God sick. Now hold on a minute. Because you got to talk about compromise a little. 
There's a compromise that's, there's compromises that we all have to make just to be able to stay married. I came over here. Everybody that's ever that's married in the house said, Amen. It's not the kind of compromise we're talking about. It's not the kind of compromise that says we went to Chick-fil-A yesterday, so we'll go to the burger place today. That's not what we're talking about. Although, if anybody knows, you can have the biggest wars of the week over where you're going to go eat tonight. <laughs> or is that just my house? All the men get all nervous. They don't know how to react. They, they're like... Huh? That's not the kind of compromise we're talking about. There's compromises we do every day that are not, that are not, that are not uh, consequential to life. The sun's still going to come up tomorrow and nobody's going to die because we compromised on where we want to go eat or what color you paint the bedroom. I mean, a lot of this stuff, if they just agree with me, there would be no conflict. She said, so no one ever. <laughs> that's mean. But that's not the kind of compromise we're talking about. There's a compromise that's sickening. That's just invaded society and, society and, and the land, the church, everywhere. That, that there's, no, there's no ground to stand on. Because ever, everywhere, have you noticed everywhere you put your foot down, somebody's mad about it. Somebody's offended over it. Because we became so compromised that anywhere you take a stand, that somebody has something to say about it. And, the, and that we've came to this place in the church because the church wanted everybody. Can I just talk about it a minute? Of course the church wants everybody. The gospel's for Everybody. The gospel, but the gospel is for whosoever ever will. Not everybody will. Not everybody's going to. The gospel is about this is the way. Walk you in it. This, it's not about let's make a deal. It's about this is the deal. And when you accept God's will for your life and you walk in it, then you have something that you can stand on. But whenever you begin, ever you stop preaching this and you stop preaching that and you start going along with this and you start stop going along with that because you you want to you want to fill the house up, then you've got a lukewarm situation where you're neither hot that where, where they're neither purifying or you're not cold, you're not refreshing. You're just a lukewarm bunch of mess of mush that nobody can stand and God can't stand it either. Nobody's life has changed. Nobody's situation has changed around. Nobody, do you know whenever you don't stand on anything that nobody gets delivered from any situation? Have you ever thought about it? Because we don't, because we don't take a position that nobody's, that nobody's situation gets changed because everybody's position's okay. The Philistines Steins, whoever they were, plugged up the wells with junk. I, I want to submit to you something tonight about the wells of, of rapture, about the wells of hope, 
about the wills of a soon-coming king. I want to talk to you just a minute maybe about the whys in the house and maybe what the trash was that, that they plugged the well up with. Would that be all right? Well, because the why, yeah, I can tell you the why is easy. Why we've stopped up the well, I, I want to, I, with, with very few exceptions. I mean, I, I search for preachers all week, every week. I'm always trying to listen to somebody that can deliver the word. I, I, I want to hear their how, I want to hear, the, but I'm more interested in their content. Man, if they can deliver it hot off the press and then make me want to run through the wall, that's great. But I want to hear their content. And you know what I'm finding? Across the spectrum, it's like it's as scarce as hen's teeth to find somebody that just preaches cardinal doctrine, like we've been talking about today, that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus is a soon-coming king. Nobody, I told you the other day, we were, talk, we were singing a song Wednesday night or whenever it was, uh, uh, I think it was Meeting in the Air. And I said, when somebody writes a song about rapture, a new song, we'll sing it. But guess what? They're not writing them. They're not writing them. There's a re- you know there's a reason why? There's a reason why that they're not writing them. Because they don't believe it. They don't, there's two reasons why. I'll tell you the two reasons. They d- don't believe it and it doesn't sell. And it doesn't sell because nobody believes it. Nobody believes it because nobody's being taught. And I'll tell you why nobody's being taught. It's a progression. I'm, I'm talking about the trash that stops up the wells. It's because it hasn't happened yet. Well, my grandma preached that, and here I am. And my great-grandma preached that, and here I am. Word of God says that the closer it came, that they would be began to be scoffers that were raised up. We talked about scoffers a few months back. The people that began up and just to, re, just to resist what the Word says because they haven't seen it. Ooh, it got quiet. I didn't... I, I didn't see Jesus go to the cross either. I I didn't see it. I wasn't there. Neither were you. But there's an old book that's alive. See, you say, well, there may be somebody sitting in here right now. In fact, I'm sure there is. I, I don't believe any of it. Why would you believe that stuff? It's because, because you've never heard it. You've never heard it preached. You've never opened it. You've never, you, it's just words on a page to you. And I'm going to tell you, that, that, that old book is just pen. It's just ink and paper until it becomes alive to you. Until it's revealed to you. Until it's open to you. Until the Holy Spirit breaks. Because only the Spirit can break the bread of life. But when he breaks the bread of life, there, 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 there's something that becomes alive. It says the word is alive and powerful. It's sharp. It's sharper than the two-edged sword. It, it, it can pierce the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It can discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. And it, it cuts you open. It literally, it's a sword. It lays you bare. 
and brings you to the place that you know you need a Savior. And once that happens, see, that's, called, that's, that's faith. See, I, I, didn't, I didn't see Jesus die. But I know he did. I mean, besides a historical account that that's everybody acknowledges, I know for me because of what he did for me. I know he's coming again, Sister Becky, because he came the first time. I know he's coming again because the prophecies of the book read like today's headlines. I, 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 know, I know that I can trust him because I've proved him over and over. Has anybody ever proved him? Come on, I, I don't ask somebody in the house tonight, has anybody ever proven him in your own life? He's he's proven, I've proved him and he's proven himself over and over and over. There's been times that I I doubted and wondered myself. You say, I'm never doubted. Well, congratulations. But you know, let me talk about that a second. Jesus himself called John the Baptist the greatest prophet. Did he not? Talked about John the Baptist. He said, Jesus, the, the living word, said John was the greatest prophet. There was a time when John was in jail about to lose his head, and he sent word back, and he says, he just, John just wants to know, are you really him? This is the guy that announced him. Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. John just wants to know, are you he, or should he look for another? You know what, I, I know if, if, if the greatest prophet that ever lived by the account of Jesus had, 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 a, had, a, had a, a whiff of doubt that ran through his life, I know that all of us come to those places from time to time. But then you know what happens when you ask the question, he proves himself again. He proves himself again. He'll prove himself again. He'll he'll walk into your darkness. He'll walk into your midnight. He'll walk into your hopeless situation and suddenly light will break through and he'll show you the way and he'll walk you out. He, He won't even leave you alone. He'll walk with you. He came. We celebrated this time of year. I wish we did. I hope we do. I won't get on the rabbit trail of how December frustrates me these days. I I love the pretty stuff. I love the red sweaters and the... Well, it doesn't need to snow down here. People lose their mind if it snows down here. (laughs) But you know what I mean. I love all the stuff. But do we lose sight of Him? It's about him. I love him. I love him in January, not just December. I love him in July. I love him in August and September, not just December, not just after Thanksgiving, not just when I get to wear red and we get to be gaudy. That's one thing about love about, that's one thing I love about Christmas. Everybody gets to be gaudy and nobody thinks anything about it. You can wear ugly sweaters. You can throw gold and silver on everything. You can, you can, you can drip it and hang it and, and everybody says, oh, that's beautiful. 
If you can't make it pretty, make it gaudy. But do we love him? <laughs> do we love him? Wells. The, the pulpits are not teaching it and preaching it because they don't believe it. That, see, do y'all know I get in trouble? Do you know that I don't? I haven't been invited to preach a camp meeting, and I don't know when. <laughs> you know why? Because I just say things. I just say things. We don't preach it because we don't believe it. If we if we believed it, we would preach it. If we believed it, we would teach it. But instead, we come up with new schemes and, and shams and, and, and shenanigans and, and, and false doctrines and false teaching, and it makes its way around the church world. It, wrote, it, it makes a revolution about every 25 years, and they just rename it something else. Every one of the old heresies just pop their way up. They put a new label on it, make its way around the church world, destroy another generation, and they have another group without hope. Without, see, Right, I mean, I think we're on our third trip around to preparing the kingdom for, for Jesus to come and return and rule and reign. Oh. Oh. I think, I think we're on about our third trip since the 40s. Instead of, looking for, instead of looking for a king that Hebrews talked about in, in chapter 9 that was coming to, to, to get us out of this mess... We've decided it's our job to prepare the mess for him to come back to. That's Philistine garbage. That's plugged up the well of hope over and over and over and over and over and over. And it'll sell a million books because it has a thousand times. It'll, it'll build big churches. It'll, it'll, it'll build big singing groups. It'll make you world famous. It'll make you known. It'll cause half, half of the church world to follow you. But it's still wrong. It's still wrong. It's still wrong. The church is not preparing the kingdom for, for, for him to come back to, to rule and reign as kings and priests. Listen, he's coming back and building the kingdom, and we will rule and reign as kings and priests, but it won't be because we prepared him for it. It'll, become, it'll become because he came and got his bride that he, poured out, that he poured out tribulation and wrath and caused people to turn back to him, that he come in power and glory and put a stop to it. You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. It's not because the church prepared him to come. It's because he, he, said, he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. It, 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 it's, it's, it's actually the exact opposite of what the Scripture says. What's being taught today is, is about a kingdom now that we're preparing for him. Whatever he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you can be. Not that where you are, I can come to. I mean, it's not even hard. But I'm going to tell you, you, you upset the religious crowd. And, 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 if I, and if I put it on Facebook, I would lose friends. And among the AG and among the pastors and among our leadership, for God's sake, don't call it out. For God's sake, don't tell people that it's a lie. For God's sake, just let it be. 
And in the meantime, the church has no hope because they don't know about a soon coming king because they think they're preparing for, to come for him instead of him preparing for to come get us. You can call it the latter rain movement if you want to. You can call it dominion theology if you want to. You can call it kingdom now if you want to. It's all the same old snake that shed its skin. It rolls around about every 25 years. Some preacher writes a ton of books, makes up $20 million, and, every, and laughs his way all the way to the bank, and the church suffers and dies because they don't know the truth. And, and they, we continue to suffer because people that know the truth will not take a stand because they don't want to take the heat. Y'all, every 20 years, the Philistines come around and stop up the same well. See, I'm going to dig it out and call it by its name. The trash is heresy. The trash is a lie. The junk that the well stopped up with is, is false doctrine. It's heresy. It's untrue. I don't care how many books have been sold and written about it. It's untrue. You say, well, you'll start throwing Scripture at me. Somebody will watch and start throwing Scripture at me. There is some truth in every lie that comes through the kingdom. Have you ever noticed that? One thing I, I need you to get a hold of, but it doesn't matter if it's 99.9% truth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Remember, what I, I love to quote Spurgeon on this one. He says, he said, discernment, discernment is not knowing right from wrong. That's not what discernment is. Look at me. Discernment is knowing, is knowing right from almost right. Because, see, deception, look at me, listen to me, listen, listen to this right here. Deception always, always rides in on the back of truth. Deception always rides in on the back of truth. It'll take some it'll take some truthful element of the word of God and take away from it or add to it or twist it. Or lift it out of context and put it and put it where and put it where uh, it suits the need. A uh, uh, truth out of context is a pretext. Which makes you pretentious. Talked about that before. See, to be see uh, 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 a pretentious person is someone with a pretext. Uh oh. Am I using words that we don't know what they mean anymore? I'm not trying to be insulted. I'm just asking you. Because, see, what's a pretext? A pretext is whenever I come to you. Uh, parents will recognize it. It's whenever somebody, it's whenever you hadn't been able to get them to clean their room in three months, but they decided that they want to go to the party next week that you said no, and they come home and they cut the yard, and they weed eat the yard, and they pick up all the trash, and, and their room's the cleanest it's ever been. They've done all their laundry. They put everything away. They come sit in your lap. They come hold your hand. They come want to go to dinner with you. They come give you kisses. They want to, I'm talking about your kids, and they come do all that, and you say, what in the world's going on with you? What do you want? See, they didn't, they didn't clean the room because, they wanted, because the room needed to be cleaned or cut the yard because the yard needed to be cut. That, that, they, cut they had a pretext. 
which means they're being pretentious. It means that it means that what the, it means that their stated goal, that their stated agenda, was not what actually what the agenda was. That they had a pretext. Now do we understand? Now do we understand? See, all the, there, there's, there's a big old lump of truth over here, but the truth is, is that, it's, that they're pretentious. How many of you love pretentious people? I don't. I, I just, there's, one, there's one thing I can tell you about me, and I think most of you discovered, have discovered it to be true, that I'm the same right here as I am out there. I'm the same in the foyer as I am in the pulpit. And what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. Plain Jane Vanilla. If you don't like it, well, at least you don't like it for what you get. But nobody's pretending. People don't really know what to do with that sometimes. But it pretends to be something else. It masquerades. It has an agenda. But the hook, the hook is the, is the true element. I, I don't think, I, I don't know if I said that good. When it, when it comes to false doctrine and false ways, the, the junk of the Philistines that stop up the wells, the, the, it, the bait, the hook, the part that gets people, that brings people in, that gets them in deep until, until you're to a place you wonder how you got there. The hook is the truth. Now, let me see if I can clarify this. Because see, the, the enemy always likes to hide the hook. I grew up fishing with my papa. Now, I don't know how y'all do it down here, but I'm going to tell you how we done it when I was there, when I was a kid. And by the way, that was a long time ago. I don't want to go fishing. Everybody go fishing, that's fine. I don't want to go fishing. I'm, talking about, I'm just going to talk about how it was. Because it always paints the picture of what I'm talking about. I enjoyed a couple kind of fishings when I was with I I really liked to go when he would go to fish for... Uh, bluegill, things of that sort, sun perch. I liked the way he done it, and I enjoyed it. They were fun. They actually bit. I don't have all day to sit around and wait on something to decide to bite. Some of y'all ain't fishing. You sitting. And you know that setting's easier than mowing the yard. Never mind, I didn't say that. That was meddling, and I didn't mean that. But we go out when we go out fishing for sun perch. Little bitty hook, and we do it with uh, night crawlers. It's a little worm on a little hook, punch. Man, most of the time, and on a good day, about the time that, that hook hit the water, pull it out. Do it again. That's fun. That's fun. But you know what I started to notice my grandpa taught me? 
when it wasn't like that, when you, you know, especially if they've been striking all morning, but you, nothing. You ain't got nothing yet, boy? No. Yet? No. He says, well, pull that back in. Let me look. He said, your hook must be showing. He said, your hook must be showing. And I pull it in, and sure enough, that old nightcrawler slid down or whatever, and the tip of that hook was showing, and they didn't want nothing to do with it. And that's how this enemy of ours is. We'll bite, and we'll bite, and we'll bite, and we'll bite, and we'll bite. We'll bite anything if the hook's not showing. And that's what he does. He, he covers the hook with enough truth. He, ha- he, he puts just enough truth on the hook to cover up the hook. Right. See, if his hook's showing, you won't bite. Right. He gives us just enough truth to bring us in. I'm talking about the old well of rapture. Are you with me? We'll fix to pray here in just a minute. I'm just, all I'm doing is, is digging a little trash out of it and bringing it back tonight. That's all. That's it. So you know we have something that, that is still there, that it's still true, that there's still something to look forward to, that he's still coming again. He's still coming. He's still coming. He's still coming. I'm still going to try to, it's not about a kingdom now. The kingdom, the, the, the kingdom, it says, it says, John the Baptist said, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Who was he talking about? He was talking about a man that was walking on the scene. That the kingdom, the kingdom had come to earth because he came to pay the price. Listen, this old, we used to know that this old world held nothing for us. This old world holds nothing for me. That's the reason I don't care what Washington, D.C. does. I don't care what they do. I care what things are spiritual. I care about, the thing, about America's cup of iniquity. I care, about, I care about the spiritual aspects of the thing, but I don't care if the... If who controls the house and who controls the Senate. My hope is not in any of that stuff because I'm not here to build a kingdom on this earth. I am, I've, I've, got, I've lifted up my eyes to the hills which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Listen, I'm going to tell you our answer is not in any of those things. All of that, i got news for you. Listen, everybody ought to vote. Everybody ought to be responsible. Everybody ought to do all of that. But I got to tell you, that's not where my hope's at. And the reason we're so caught up in that is because we've got our eyes off of there and we've got our eyes on the here. And it's because the church world is preaching the kingdom now. I'm going to tell you what's at the root of it. I'm going to tell you what's at the root of it. Straight up, the reason the church is so wrapped up in all this garbage is because we've got our eyes on the kingdom now instead of the one that's to come. That's the bottom line. I don't know that I've heard ever anybody say it, but that's the bottom line. We got our eyes in the wrong place. He came once, Hebrews said, to die, to save me from my sin. He's coming. He's going to appear again to those that are looking. He's going to appear a second time to get us out of this old mess. That's not, that's not escapism. 
I'm not trying to escape anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stay here until he takes me by grave or by rapture. I'm not trying to get out of nothing. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to soothe my broken heart or, 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 or straighten out my problems or, or get out of my bills. <laughs> There's some people that, man, if, if you'd just come before the light bill was due, that's enough. I'm not, that's not about any, I'm not about any, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. Man, I remember when I was school, I wanted, I wished the Lord would come before Miss Hander's biology final. <laughs> yeah, none of that. I'm here to do what he put me here for, to preach what's true until he calls us out. But my hope's not in this world. This world's not my home. Listen, he's a savior. He's a baptizer. He's a soon coming king.